Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Learn to Love podcast, your guide to everything love, sex, intimacy, and relationships. Each week, your host, Zach Beach, interviews new experts on love, including couples therapists, relationship coaches, sex educators, and best-selling authors. Learn the best tips and cutting-edge wisdom to better love yourself, others, and the world. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Learn to Love podcast, everyone. I am your host, Zach Beach, and I'm here with the incredible dating coach, Ruby Lay. Hello, Ruby, and welcome to the show. Hi, Zach. I'm happy to be here. Today, we're going to talk about why finding love can be so difficult. But before we get into that, let's learn a little bit more about Ruby. For those that don't know, Ruby Lay is a dating coach, speaker, and founder of GoodGentleman.com. She's determined to help good guys get quality dates without changing who they are. She previously worked with couples before becoming the lead matchmaker and trainer for eHarmony and matchmaker for It's Just Lunch. She's a graduate of University of Southern California with a master's degree in marriage and family therapy. She uses her experiences to help her clients gain their confidence and love through a customized and targeted approach. Hi, Ruby. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm well as well. And I wanted to really thank you so much for joining us. I have a lot of questions about the dating scene and what exactly people are up to nowadays. But I wouldn't mind just hearing a little bit more about your background, because I often imagine a world where you can go to school and take a class on love. You know, the Learn to Love podcast is like an eight-week course that you can take and you can major in love and get a minor in empathy or compassion. But unfortunately, we don't live in that world yet. So I'm wondering how you yourself got into this world of dating. I imagine there wasn't like a dating 101 class in your master's program. So tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how you got into the world of dating. Yeah, of course. And I must say, I really do wish, and I even searched back then to see if there were any classes <laughs> in regards to like dating or relationships. And I just, you know, went to one, which is marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> this but this actually, believe it or not, started for me back in high school. Um, I don't know. I was always really intrigued and really drawn to learning about dating and relationships. And I started to kind of become that person people would go to for advice. Um, and and mm. I hung around a lot of different clubs. Like I remember specifically being a part of a Rubik's Cube club. Like that was a thing. And a lot of people in there were shy and were introverted. And at that time, I was kind of coming out of my shell as well. And I helped someone kind of get out of his shell just by telling him, hey, look up. You know, if you want mm. a, a girl to, to talk to you, you just, all you got to do is look up. And from that one piece of advice, he really found his confidence and he started talking to ladies. And from there, something sparked in me that recognized, you know, this is my passion. Like, I love doing this. Is there something I can do Mm. to kind of make this my career? So from there, I I actually dabbled around a couple of different majors, but then I decided to get my bachelor's in social work and my master's in marriage and family therapy. And that's when I was actually a couples therapist for a while. But then I recognized a Mm -hmm. lot of these couples shouldn't have been together in the first place. And, oh no! And that's when I decided, you know, I, I've always wanted to make a difference. That's my, that's my biggest kind of goal. And so I sat back and thought to myself, like, how else can I make a difference? And that's when the idea came to me, like, what if mm-hmm. I helped singles find the right person for them so they didn't have to end up on those couches as I saw? 
And that's kind of when I got into working with singles. That's when I became a matchmaker for It's Just Lunch. And then eHarmony picked me up. Um, so after years of working for them, I just realized a couple of things is that personally for me, I really wanted to work with people I was passionate about working with. Um, and also, quite honestly, I wanted to work for myself. I didn't want to have to answer to, mm -hmm. to someone else. So through all the experiences and hundreds of clients I've worked with, I recognized that I love helping like the good guys. Uh, and even back then, I started working with ladies too. I kind of worked with both to kind of see what really suited my personality and who I aligned with. Mm -hmm but people with good hearts, you know, and maybe they just don't know what to do. And that's why people used to call me Hitch, like the modern day Hitch, if you watch that movie, because <laughs> Will Smith in that movie helped the awkward, you know, guy. And that's absolutely who I love helping. Um, so from there, when I recognized how much I loved helping the good hearted, shy, kind of awkward, introverted singles, that's when I started mm -hmm. to dive into this on my own. And here I am, many years later, still doing it. <laughs> Wonderful. Here you are helping these introverted people find relationships. So let me ask you about that. Do you feel the dating scene is skewed more towards helping extroverted people and it's very easy for extroverted people to go on dates and find relationships? So I will say yes, <laughs> because extroverts thrive off of being around other people and a lot of them. Right. And mm -hmm. so they thrive off of any kind of events, being outside. They have this natural um, want to also create small talk. But the thing about introverts mm -hmm. is they really appreciate more meaningful conversations, more intimate settings. So it's a lot harder to just mm -hmm. kind of go out there and talk to somebody and be like, you know, what do you do for work? Like they don't thrive off of that. There's, it doesn't spark anything for introverts mm -hmm. in regards to that. So. I will say, unfortunately, society mm. has made it um, a little bit more harder. However, um, there are more opportunities, you know, nowadays with online dating, meetups, and things like that. Mm -hmm. So you say introverts prefer more intimate settings with which to meet people. So how do you recommend a shy person or introverted person go about meeting somebody new? So uh, there are a couple options. And the first thing I want to point out is... I work with a lot of introverts and I always want them to differentiate between being introverted and being shy because mm -hmm. they're different. Uh, introversion is really part of your personality. It's part of who you are. And you want to work with that. Shyness is actually almost like a, a skill, kind of a habit you can overcome uh, because, you know, like even for job interviews, right? If you're really shy, you had to learn in some capacity to kind of come out of your shell to talk mm -hmm. to the employer. So it's kind of the same for dating. Like there's a way you can come out of that shyness and overcome it. Mm -hmm. So I always want to point that out first. So you don't want to be too shy where you can't talk. Right. So that's first. And then second off to meet people, I think for them it's it's joining. Uh, like right now there's meetup.com. It's so great for introverts because there are a lot of groups that are very specific to certain like activities to certain interests and they have a limit some of the events have um, a limit in uh, how many i guess you'd say like people they can have mm -hmm. uh, so with that because it was more of an intimate setting and they know that it's so much easier to kind of thrive off of that mm. uh, and also secondly i do think online dating online dating has definitely made it easier for those who are slower to warm up and a bit more introverted to kind of dip their toes into dating so you recommend sort of exploring your interests and like almost finding a weekly or monthly meetup group in order to meet other people with similar interests. Yes. And I would say, once again, it has to have like a cap on the events. Mm -hmm. um, I actually have 
just for fun, I have my own meetup group called like Single Social Introverts. And it's so specific for them. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I capped it. I capped it at um, sometimes 20 and then other times 30 or 40, but some, you know, RSVPs, sometimes people don't show up and things like that. So it's always mm-hmm. been a really good, small enough group. And I give them mm-hmm. uh, questions and activities to ask each other. Uh, so, but that's just obviously in my area. And, but I, what I've seen in other cities, they have board game groups. Those are awesome. You know, like mm-hmm. board game groups or even hiking groups, things like that. Like you're doing something you like, but it's a smaller setting. You don't, mm. you don't feel like you're forced into something like speed dating or you don't have to meet someone at a nightclub, right? Those are not places that introverts thrive in. Now, what exactly would you recommend for an introvert who might feel like, you know what, none of my hobbies and interests involve other people. I love to read alone. I love to watch television alone. I love to play video games alone and stay home uh, by myself. Because I do know some people and you tell them, oh, just join a meetup group with some, something that you're interested in. And they say, I don't have any interest. <laughs> <laughs> right. So great, great question. Well, the first thing I will say to that is for anyone that's ever told me I don't have any interest, right? I would say, okay, well, do you just go home and stare at a wall? Like, <laughs> that's what having no interest is. It's you literally come home and stare at a wall. Even if you watch TV, that's an interest. And guess what? Mm. There are meetup groups for, like, uh, you mentioned reading. There are obviously book clubs. There's groups for people to come together and talk about sci-fi, to talk about film and movies. There's discussion groups. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's always the interest that you have. I always challenge people who say that. I said, there's always the interest that you have. It's more about finding a community to share that with. And if they're too afraid to meet or go out to actually meet people in person, which I totally understand. Um, If you really like being alone, it's kind of hard to just like step into a group of 20 unknown people. Uh, So for that, Mm -hmm. I would suggest find first an online community, you know, like chat, there are Facebook groups where they do meet offline, but they can talk on the Facebook group first. So that's a good way to kind of get a feel Mm. for who's in the group, you know, and you can comment on some of the posts, you can get a feel for it. And then if you're comfortable and they post up an event for the next Saturday, maybe at that point you're like, you know, you know, these people are kind of cool, so I'll go. So Mm. I would say for those who like to be alone, to just slowly step in through the internet. And Mm -hmm. once again, that can be online dating too. If you really don't want to go with a group, well, if you're already alone, you like to be alone, it doesn't hurt to kind of download a free app. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. No, I love that. I really love this idea of finding groups and even starting online with finding a group and starting to interact in that way before you even uh, go out and meet people in person. And your other strategy, you mentioned online dating. So let's just go right into that because I think for a lot of people, dating in general can be a frustrating experience and online dating can be even more uh, frustrating. First of all, there's an endless array of apps that, which you can choose from. Once you join the app, you have to upload photos and perhaps answer you know, a few hundred questions if it's something like OkCupid. And meanwhile, you're spending a whole bunch of time swiping right, swiping left, going through endless profiles. You st- start conversations that go uh, nowhere. So how do we find just more success and ease and maybe even fun with this process of online dating? So I think first off, the the main obstacle with that is kind of like with everything that you're saying, even just saying all of that, right? It sounds really overwhelming. 
Like <laughs> just you mm-hmm. kind of listing out all oh, profiles, <laughs> photos, right? Even I'm listening to it. I was like, oh, geez, it does sound really overwhelming. And I think that is what causes the, the stress. And, and all of those factors just make all of this so complicated to navigate. That's really what it is. It's just, it, and as we said at the beginning, unfortunately, there is no like school to this in college there's no class where you figure out how to write your online profile mm-hmm. there's no class to teach you how to flirt how to talk to people that you're interested in so it's like diving into the unknown and what used to be so mm. simple and straightforward which is where you know you meet someone and you only focus on them because you meet them offline and you try to date them and that's that it's almost like we used to have basic ice cream flavors, right? Chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. And now there's all of a sudden honey, lavender, Earl Grey, saffron. Like there's all these different things. <laughs> um, but obviously a bad analogy because the ice cream doesn't choose you back. But the concept of that um, <laughs> is, it, it's, it's the concept of that there's so many options and there's so many choices. And there's a part of us that doesn't want buyer's remorse, doesn't want to regret what we got because what if we don't like it? Mm. But then also we want to try everything. And so there's this huge conflict of there's I so w- much choice. Yes. And that actually becomes a problem, even though I will say it's also a blessing. I think it is a great thing that we have such opportunity to meet different people. And because of that, people now want and have the goal of to find someone that is completely compatible and right for them because they know that, you know, that potential is there versus back in the day, you meet someone and you make it work. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of, you don't know what, how many fishes are out there. You just date in your neighborhood and that's that. So that's the modern day world of dating. So there's obviously flip right. sides, you know, mm-hmm. but I guess I will say how to make it work. I think is to really step back and simplify it. I think that's the first thing, making something so complicated, stepping back and really looking at yourself and asking, what do I want? just simply asking, okay, what do I want? Okay. And clearing, making it clear for yourself. Like, okay, I want this kind of person. I want this kind of relationship. Am I ready to date? Do I want to casually date? Because answering those questions actually help you at least decide on like the platform. Um, Because at the end of the day, it's all about learning how to use it, what to put up there, how to write about yourself. And it's just being clear on all those steps. But like I said, unfortunately, there's no, no school for that, but there's obviously resources for it. You know, you can find the information. You can Google it up. You can look, you know, you have your own programs. I have my own programs. Like we're out there. There are people out there trying to help. So in, mm-hmm. I think instead of sitting back and wondering, why does this suck so bad? Why is this hard? It's reaching out for, for, for guidance and seeing where mm-hmm. you can change and where you can improve. Yeah. I really like that. You know, the sort of paradox is that, yes, we have way more choice available to us. You can open up a profile and see a hundred different profiles. But with that same uh, challenges, it's also an opportunity of actually finding the person that is more right for you than just, you know, the person that lives next door or something. And I'm wondering about sort of how we do go about choosing the right person, because I think the same frustrations might fall into somebody who might have like a fairy tale idea of how they're supposed to meet their one. Like they're walking down the street eating peanut butter and their partner is walking down the street eating chocolate and they collide together and their (laughs) eyes, you know, meet or something like that. And um, so why is finding love so difficult? Why isn't it just the fairy tale? Why can't I just meet the one by walking out my door and saying, I'm here, everyone? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, to that, it's because this is not a rom-com. 
I think, <laughs> um, unless I'm being recorded for one right now and I don't know of it, but it's not a movie. And and I t it's funny because I tell people that all the time, if people work with me, I say I'm not a magician. You know, I can't just cook up the perfect person and send them to your door. Even when I worked as a matchmaker, even that, when you have someone working for you, looking for other people, unfortunately, I think at the end of the day, we're all human. We are our own mm -hmm. unique human being. And what what that means is that we have all these stories within us, all these experiences within us, all the, the way we look at life. Every single person is different. And that's what makes it, well, not a fairy tale because mm -hmm. we all have our own flaws, weaknesses, things to work on. I don't think and I don't believe that anyone is perfect. And that's why I've always said you want to find the person that would be like imperfectly perfect for you. I've always said mm. that. Um, it's finding another mm. imperfect person that would work well with you and be compatible for you, but in the best way for mm. you. Not perfect, not, not in the way, like I said, like in the movies and how it works. It's like sometimes even in movies, right, you see kind of the really bad guy kind of get the girl. And so some girls think like, ooh, I want to change the bad boy. You know, I want to be that game changer, right? <laughs> but it's like with, even with <laughs> those, those can be a very toxic thought because at the end of the day, it really is finding that person that will make you happy and will help you grow mm -hmm. in the long term. And I think, I think for everyone, it's helpful to kind of sit back and ask yourself, what do I absolutely need? Like, what are the most important parts of me and what kind of person would align with me? with those qualities in mind. So I think that's always a helpful mm -hmm. activity. Let, make a list. List out what are your top 10 qualities of you, your personality, your values, your lifestyle and beliefs. Now create a second mm -hmm. list. Who would you like think would be compatible with that and what qualities do they have to share? Right? Mm -hmm. I hope that makes sense. Usually that's what I do. Like Even when I was looking for my current partner, I think the number one thing I said was passionate and the second thing was spirituality. They're two really big things mm -hmm. in my life. And, and there are other things like my, like, I guess, last three or last four. It's okay if he didn't have that because it's something that we can work on. But there's obviously mm -hmm. parts of me that are very, 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 very important. And I know that I would need that from a partner for us to be happy in the long run. And I don't want to give that up, you know, myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that perspective. First of all, finding love is so difficult because a lot of people do have sort of extra high expectations that they're going to find the most perfect person in the world that's going to complete them in every single way. And we have to realize that whoever we meet is just as human and has just the same um, flaws and difficulties that we have. And therefore, the first step or first strategy is almost to find somebody that complements ourselves so let's say okay i've made that list i like have the 10 qualities that i think are really beneficial about me and i have in mind some qualities i might be looking for in a partner so i'm going on a few you know dates after that and what's the what's the best strategy you know like are we gonna go to the first date with it with our with our list right in front of us and and have a little checklist and say oh nope not spiritual enough for me anyways have a great life and walk away or what's the what's our intention going into like initial dates with people so for initial dates especially first or even second dates i always say you always want to connect i use that word a lot find how you to connect 
And that is done through exploration of self and the other person. So really trying to understand who they are and through understanding kind of their own stories, finding places that you both connect and really align. So you don't really, you know, you don't ask someone say, so are you spiritual? You know, it's kind of, it sounds like an interview question, <laughs> but you can ask it in a different right. way by even talking about yourself and what shows up in your life, you know, even saying like, oh, um, yeah, I have this daily routine that I, I, I really enjoy. I meditate, I pray, whatever it is. And saying like, do you, do you, you know, have any of those? Or like, how do you feel about all that? You know, opening up to discussion and then that way, hopefully they can share a story and you can find ways to connect. I connect and like I said, mm -hmm. explore, but not even internally. I mean, even during the date. And this is where the fun is. And I feel like people forget to have fun on dates. So the second mm -hmm. part of it is not only exploring yourselves, but exploring what's around you. So on the date, you know, when you're walking around, what's around you? What do you have to say about that? Bring it up, bring it to the conversation, um, choose a different activity. Mm -hmm. uh, and just remembering to have fun with whatever you're doing. Because when you're having fun with it, you naturally and organically kind of have this easy connection that allows you to just get to know each other without feeling like it's an interview and feeling like this mm -hmm. could be another exhausting date. So kind of a two-parter. I love that. We want to go into our first date to find overlapping interests, almost find different ways that you two can connect and have fun and explore those things. Now, you're also cautioned against not having it be an interview, which for a lot of people, that's like what the first date is, right? It's just like person to person, you know, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? So what are some questions I might want to ask to explore this other person and to learn about this person and to even, you know, keep the conversation exciting. So uh, one tip first that I will, I always give to make sure it doesn't feel like an interview is you always want to meet in a location where you have flexibility to, to kind of rearrange where you're sitting. So no dinners. I actually feel like dinners or, or really mm. like lunches where you're sitting across from each other and you're kind of stuck there until the meal is done makes it it makes it feel a little stiff for a lot of people unless you organically have already mm -hmm. had that connection but i've i've seen that when you just stare into each other's eyes it's just a little it's just a little intimidating in that case so walking around with your coffee getting the dessert first doing a happy hour sitting side by side has always made it feel at least a little bit more at ease and as for questions i always encourage people to tell your story and to also find out what their story is. Because I've always said to people, you mm -hmm. know, people will remember how you make them feel, not just what you do. And that is done through story. Mm -hmm. That is done by actually telling people who you are. So a great question to how, how to find out of someone else is with everything they bring up, asking, how did that begin for you? You know, how did that mm -hmm. start for you? Oh boy, that is a question all about journey. Because it, no matter what you ask, you know, like how... If I talked about myself, right, if somebody asked, like, how, like, when did you realize that you became, like, passionate? Or, or how did your spirituality become to be? Or how, you know, how did that begin for you? And it's like saying, mm -hmm. how did your yoga practice begin for you? Even that. Like, that tells you so much about somebody. So really, like, open-ended questions yes. that you really want to map their world out a bit. Yes, exactly. Open-ended, but obviously, mm -hmm. about, yeah, about their journey and their path. Mm. Mm -hmm. I always think by allowing a person to talk about their journey, you're seeing parts of them that would be helpful for you to kind of figure out if that's the right person for you. 
but then at the same time you have so much to go off of and continue the conversation off of mm -hmm. i really like this idea yeah learning about this other person's story where they come from how they turned into the person that they are now and you also mentioned sharing your story now you know obviously on your first date you're not going to say oh let me tell you about my crippling anxiety and <laughs> like you're not going to get too personal necessarily and and vulnerable so how how do you know what to say about yourself how do you frame your story in a way that's not bragging but also not just like wow that is way too much information great question uh so when it comes to knowing what to say about yourself uh there's two parts to this first especially for a first date you want to ask yourself what do you want that person to walk away knowing about you it's a great question to ask because I feel a lot of times you kind of want to imagine when that other person walks away and they talk to their friend, you know, do you want to hear that they say, oh, he was, you know, he's nice. He's cool. You know, we like we went to band. I mean, we did band way back in the day, you know, and that's it. Right. You mm -hmm. you want and hopefully that you know she'll walk away saying oh he's very self-aware he he's all about growth he is super adventurous too and really funny in that way like blah 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 so mm -hmm. i think by coming into a date asking yourself like what do i hope to kind of express today what do i hope she gets to know about me kind of like actually going back to i, I think i use the example of job interviews you know sometimes when you go in a job interview you hope the employer can see your strengths and will walk away knowing that it's kind of the same for dating mm -hmm. obviously very different kind of qualities you're talking about here, but you always want to know, okay, if anything, I want this person to walk away knowing one, two, and three about me, hopefully. And if I'm able to express mm -hmm. it well, they will, you know? So I think that's the first mm -hmm. important question to ask yourself. And then another part of it is you want to keep in mind the qualities that you want in someone. So hopefully you would talk about yourself in regards to those qualities and see their opinions about it. Right? So it's almost like what I talked mm -hmm. about before. If, if spirituality was important to me, um, and let's say the conversation was really quiet, uh, I could just randomly bring up a story. You know, I could just be like, oh, you know, I just randomly thought about this. Or you could be walking near a playground and saying, oh, look, there's a playground there. Oh, my gosh, this reminds me when I was really young and I fell off of it and I broke my arm or something. Uh, and adds kind of light mm -hmm. to it because you're just adding a story about yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you can ask them, like, I know, that's really silly of me. I'm a clumsy person. You know, have you ever had those kind of moments yourself? And that way they can be involved in that conversation and see if, hey, are they clumsy or, or not? Or if they've ever broken something. And I think that's mm -hmm. a, a way to kind of navigate a conversation, too. It is so important, you know, to know our own story and how we came to be and have that sort of meaning making for ourselves. And then when we're able to express that to another person, then it sort of builds that shared meaning between you two. I kind of want to shift a little bit to what you might call like red flags when like listening to someone else's story. Because I want to go back to something that you said earlier when you said that you were originally counseled couples and you felt that some of those couples were with the wrong person. So my first question is what made you think that these two people had found the wrong person and perhaps shouldn't be together. Yeah. So it really is knowing your own values and how you look at the world and what's important mm -hmm. to you. So when I, not obviously all, 
but with a lot of the couples I saw, they chose their spouse off of, let's say, more of attraction, more of the whole opposites attract mm. sort of a thing. Uh, and that's why I find, I uh, yeah, that's why I find opposites attract can be dangerous. I actually like to say opposites attract and then they attack. That's what I used to say because there was, because <laughs> there's, that's there's, good. <laughs> I used to use that line a lot, but it's because there's something in the beginning that really allured them to this person. Kind of like what I use the example of uh, the girl wanting to change the bad boy, you know, because it's exciting. It's like fun, but they're not actually aligned on the foundations of who they are. Like some one person could be more family oriented. Mm. The other person doesn't care for family at all. Huge problem there. Very huge problem, mm. right? Mm -hmm. um, religion, obviously, spirituality, things that matter, values, beliefs. And what I recognize is they really didn't align uh, with those, what I call kind of compatibility uh, kind of dimension. There's a lot of compatibility levels and dimensions, but uh, those kind of big things that drive your life and how you look at the world were really different. They just were attracted to each other. And, and I feel like that is the danger of physical attraction and simply that with nothing else. Yeah, it's so important in relationships to have those shared values. So that's really interesting how these couples, you know, they're just not on the same page in terms of what matters most to them. And that causes conflict in their relationship. So rewinding back to like the beginning of that relationship, what are some, again, initial conversations to have around your values and what matters? And also, what are some things we want to be looking for? So you always want to ask the questions or starting question of what are your thoughts on dot, 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 you know, and, and not making it like an mm. interview question, like, but what are your thoughts on um, what's happening right now in the world, right? And, and where we are in this kind of situation. And the way they talk about it is a huge indicator of how they will either look at the world or also treat others. Especially if you ask something like, oh, what are mm -hmm. your thoughts on, oh, this one article about how this girl did this and this, right? Or, or use it on something mm -hmm. else. Uh, use it on someone else's story if it's not yours and see how they respond to it. And you can tell if they say, you know, if they are passive about it, if they say, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Yeah, I read that article. It's really weird, right? You can kind of see that negative part of them, even though they're not really seeing it themselves because mm -hmm. they're not being negative to you, if that makes sense. So by asking, oh, mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on blank? whatever topic you want to choose, even if it's something that you don't align with, right? But you want to see how accepting they are. Um, that's kind of mm -hmm. how you see how their mind works. So I think by asking that simple question uh, and how they also deal with the question and also potentially deal with conflict, which is, I must say is a little harder because you don't really know how people deal with conflict unless you're in conflict with them. Um, but mm -hmm. Those are usually the, the big ones. It's having those discussions and thoughts, but then also how they deal with conflict. So what are some red flags we might want to look for? Some alarming red flags uh, that everyone wants to look out for right off the bat is one, how they talk about people close to them. I think that's a big one. Mm -hmm. Asking who's even close to them, right? Uh, and how they talk about it, that's huge. Uh, two is their mannerisms, not around just you, but around the waiter around the stranger who dropped their dollar or their wallet or something like how they interact with strangers, but also how they talk about maybe bosses and things like that, how they are around others, not just you, because they could treat you great, 
but then if they turn around and talk rudely to the waiter, that says a lot about them, right? So mm -hmm. that's another red flag. And also, this is a big one I feel like people miss is if they only want to make sure and they only talk about themselves and they make and they even though you answer and you will say something, they will kind of come back around and either really push you to believe what they're kind of saying or turn around on them and make it their story. And sometimes a lot of people take that as confidence. I think that's why it, it can get a little blurry uh, in that case. But I always say there's a difference between confident and cocky. <laughs> and, and usually that cockiness <laughs> comes into play when they are basically dominating the relationship, man or woman. Like I've seen both sides. They're just dominating it and, and they have the kind of intent and goal to make sure they kind of get what they want to say out of this and that's the last word. But a lot of times people don't notice that that is happening. That's what I find very, very interesting. Yeah, both your discussion on the importance of shared values and looking for red flags reminds me of a date. It was one of the first dates I went on a long time ago. And for me personally, I believe that every human being is fundamentally good. And, you know, I participate in restorative justice and I've gone into prisons and literally sat in circles with murderers and, and you know, I've looked into their eyes and they're just as human as I am and they deserve just as much happiness as I do. And they just have really challenging life circumstances that put them on this path. And so we often say in restorative justice that there's no such thing as bad people, only uh, bad actions. And I remember I was on a date with somebody and she had a very different view. And I remember her saying, I think that there are just bad people in this world. And I think that some people should be locked away for the rest of their life. And uh, it was in that moment, I was like, you know, we have very different views on this subject. And we did not go on a second date. Now, this ties right into shared values because, you know, I can totally see you know that like her perspective although it doesn't resonate with me um, but when you do talk about like red flags and people with very different values it's I'm sort of wondering like I'm one, like I hope she did find somebody that she could be in a relationship with but I also just found the view a little bit concerning so my question is like do you think there is someone out there for everyone and for these people that do exhibit these red flags like what are they going to do about their love life? Or what do you recommend? You know, those people probably aren't listening to the podcast. But let's say we have a person and they do these red flags in their dating life. We're not going to prescribe them a life of loneliness, right? We want them to also find the person that they, they like and want. So what do you uh, recommend for these almost like red flag kind of people? So, wow, that's a really great question. <laughs> Is there someone out there for everyone? So I believe that there is someone out there for everyone. However, if they are willing to work on themselves and at least get to the level of becoming the almost best version of themselves, or at least mm -hmm. getting there. Because I do, I, and I have faced a lot of, <laughs> I don't want to say red flag people, but negative people who look at the world in a very dark perspective and to the mm -hmm. point where they are mean or disrespectful even to me 
you know, even I've, I've gone on inquiry calls with people and I'm a woman and there was a man and he would disrespect me. And I'm like, wait, what's happening here? Right. <laughs> you're asking for a <laughs> coaching call, but now you're because I'm a woman. I'm so confused how we got here. Right. So it's interesting when even I'm in those situations and you just see this person in such a, a dark spot. And mm-hmm. but what I would like to think and I've told some of actually most of them because I'm very straightforward on all the calls I always say you know I do believe that there's someone out there for everyone but you have to believe in that yourself one because it doesn't seem like you are but two is that if you don't look in the mirror and see that you have things to work on or there's something deeper seated than what you're telling people or what you're putting up as a front, then it's going to be mm-hmm. very, 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 very difficult for you to ever find that person. And that's mm-hmm. what's stopping you. So that's why mm-hmm. I tell those people like if, and I'll be honest in the past too, actually um, when I've been on dates and I have encountered someone kind of similar in your situation where I just felt like, wow, like this is not, this is, we don't align at all. And it's very negative or rude or anything like that. You know, I make it a point to be straightforward and say that and just saying, look, I disagree with that. And honestly, such and such, such. like honestly, your negativity with all of this, you know, I wanted to give you a chance. But if that is the case, you know, it this is really bringing this down. And I hope, you know, for your future dates, like, yeah, if you really want to find someone and I really, really hope you do. And that's why I'm being honest with you about this. Mm-hmm. You know, so for those that are listening because like you said i don't really think the people that are there are listening to this <laughs> podcast <laughs> so i can't really speak to them but for those that are probably listening to this you're you may face someone that that has those qualities and what i encourage for people in the situations is to not be afraid to discuss it and bring it up and shine light for them because you might be that person where they decided you know maybe I am, you know, really negative about all of this. Like maybe I am really blaming the world and I, I want to stop that. You know, and mm-hmm. I should stop and I, maybe I should stop doing that and blaming women and blaming others. Okay. You might be that person. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all they need to kind of make a change so they can find that person. No, I really appreciate that perspective. What I'm hearing from you is that basically everyone in dating and almost everyone in life in general should be willing to look at and work on themselves as well looking at you know what is holding them back what negative views are they they holding that aren't uh serving for them yes and i and i also think that even if we feel like we're pretty open-minded people or we feel like we're at a good place but we have hard times finding that right person it's still mm-hmm. that same concept of really looking inward and asking you know what is it kind of going back to what we were saying like what is it that i want and is there anything i'm doing that's actually hindering me from finding that person. Is there, like way back in the day, I had to ask myself, you know, I could tell that there were insecurities of myself that I was trying to fill, oddly, through dating certain type of people, but I knew I wasn't really happy, if that made sense. So I had to kind of draw back and do some more internal work, get back out there and hopefully find that right person. So it is a lot of reflection and constantly looking at yourself and asking, what am I doing? What do, you know, what do I want? And I also really appreciate that you brought up, you know, even these men that were sort of mean and disrespectful to you, like on a call, because I wanted to ask you a little bit about the quote unquote nice guy, 
Because you say, you know, in your bio that you work with good guys and you want to, you know, help the introverted, shy guys really meet people that, that they are compatible with. But I'm also wondering about the sort of nice guy stereotype, which kind of like the conversation that goes like, you are so beautiful. You are such a goddess. Would you like to go out with me? And the woman says, no, I don't. And he says, well, you're a bitch. And <laughs> and I was only <laughs> asking you out as a favor. And like, there's this underlying just like misogyny, patriarchy, uh, negativity towards literally the entire other sex. So um, what is my question? So, <laughs> so um how do you deal with with ni- with the nice guys <laughs> right uh so there are i will always say there are these there are two types of actually nice guys um there are the real real nice guys and and then there's the how do i say like the hidden bad boy misogynistic with the nice guy mask if that makes sense and the nice guys mm-hmm. you're talking about are those guys they feel entitled to something because i put in the work i am entitled to get something back Right, which is mm-hmm. uh, quite honestly, even if you were in a relationship, not healthy. Because I would say you always want to do things because you want to do it genuinely without anything in return. And if something is given in return, great. You know, that's, that's, that's yeah, a really great part, part of this. But a truly, truly kind and nice person, if you think about it, will do things just because they want to. And they want to give. Now, mm-hmm. and they don't expect anything in return. So... With the nice guys you're talking about, I would say there is underlying pain. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Usually men like that, there is something that has either happened to them in the past, some experiences, something that has belittled them, and they are trying to find anything that will allow them to come up again and to not feel so low. Uh, so there's this underlying pain, and they try to mask it. And when someone says no, it's unleashed. The pain is unleashed and mm, the pain mm-hmm. is projected onto the other person. So it's very, very unhealthy. So if you are ever faced with that person, and or especially for ladies, if you're ever faced with that man, it sucks. I will say it really sucks to kind of just say no and someone lashes out at you. But remember that they are in pain, you know, and mm-hmm. you hope. And I always say for those kind of guys, I hope that they find a way to process that pain and to really find acceptance and confidence in who they are. Because if they did, they wouldn't be so mad. So mm-hmm. that's, that's one thing about those guys. Uh, but the other side of it is there's also those quote unquote nice guys who I call like they're really nice to the point where they don't stand up for themselves. They don't, they're too scared to state their own opinions mm-hmm. and their thoughts. Mm-hmm. They mold into the person you want them to be, which is also very dangerous. Uh, so because they mm-hmm. want a relationship so bad that they're willing to do whatever it takes. So even for both people, but especially for that kind of nice guy, it really is finding their own independence, their own self, feeling good about themselves and their authentic selves and owning it. And quite mm-hmm. honestly, I think both of those kind of two, two different nice guys are missing. You know, they're, they're missing that. They actually are, they don't like a part of themselves. They're not accepting of themselves. And that's why it comes out in these different ways. Unlike the bad mm. boys, for example, like they own it. Like they, the, <laughs> the reason why ladies love bad boys so much, even on TV, is because they know who they are. They get what they want and they go after it. Right. And that's very attractive. Mm-hmm. 
And it's because they're so secure in themselves. They're two extremes, but if anything, ladies will go for the bad boy. And this is vice versa too, because obviously there are girls that are very nice and girls that are also kind of the bad girl, you know? Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that perspective, the sort of delineation of the types of nice guys, because the quote unquote nice guys um, that aren't really nice do feel both quite entitled in in their way of life but also sort of entitled to women you know they like i drove you home and you didn't invite me upstairs like what the heck yeah but what we're really looking for is the truly nice guys that are giving and generous because that's who they are as a person and this this final perspective that there are also nice guys who don't stand up for themselves and i feel like that ties into this nice guys finish last sort of narrative and that it's not that like people don't appreciate nice guys because we all appreciate uh, nicety and kindness in our lives, but sort of the ones that have a sort of underlying almost like I don't want to say weakness, but they're just like giving themselves away and they don't have that sort of strength coming coming from within. Exactly, and that's why I call my business good gentlemen or the good guys is because where you mm. want to be, you're not the bad, not the nice, but the good. And the good is someone mm. who is authentically themselves. Uh, they accept themselves for who they are. They own who they are. They're not afraid to speak their truth, to speak, you know, what they value and what they believe in. But also, they are understanding. They are open and considerate. You know, they are compassionate and willing to mm. listen to mm-hmm. you and change habits if, if, you know, if they feel like it's aligned with who they are. But they're not going to change for you. Mm. Right? Like, and that's, I feel like that's where I mm. hope we all want to be, kind of feeling good about ourselves, feeling like, this is our best self. And if someone comes into our life, okay, it'll be a discussion of if I need to change something, does it feel right to me? You know, I'll listen to the person. I'll listen to my partner if he feels like I hurt him or I did something wrong. So I'm willing to change, right? It's kind of having that willingness to potentially change, but not for, mm-hmm. I guess, not to lose myself in that process. Right. No, I love that definition of a good gentleman, because obviously, we do want to modify our behavior a little bit for our partners, right? If our partner says, can you take out the trash, honey, I'm, I'm tired. And of course, you're going to hop to the occasion. But in our changing our behavior, we're not changing who we fundamentally are, because we're, we're secure and safe in that area. Amazing what you're doing in, in this transformation and creating all these good gentle, gentlemen and putting them out into the world. I'm sure there are many women who are, are happy for the work that you do. <laughs> and they don't, they don't even know the, the work that I do, right? <laughs> like, just like the movie, I'm hidden. Like, no one likes to say that. <laughs> just like the movie Hitch, you know, right. people don't tell because they would have never. And mm-hmm. these ladies had never known, you know, these guys were at the place they were. And that's why I always tell people, too, like, for anyone listening, if you see someone out there and you wonder, how did she get him? You know, how did he get her? I don't understand, mm-hmm. right? Why isn't it easy for me? Well, remember, you don't know. Maybe they had guidance. Maybe they took a program. Mm-hmm. Maybe they had a coach, you know? Maybe it wasn't as easy for them as, as you're thinking it might be. Yes, I think it's important. Like, you know, we see a lot of social interaction and it seems 100% spontaneous. And you might even tell somebody going on a first date, just be yourself. But it's totally acceptable to, you know, think about your story, to think about things that you care about, things that you value, to think about positive qualities, even just fun and humorous stories that you want to tell before you go on a date. Like, it's all okay. Yes, absolutely. So, ah, thank you so much, Ruby. I I really love your insight and I love your perspective. And you have such a good way of differentiating between the qualities that we want to cultivate in our dating 
with the behaviors we might not want to be doing without any judgment or shame on the person themselves. And I love it. And I wish we could just talk, you know, till the till the sun sets. But unfortunately, <laughs> we're, we're running you, a bit of time. You would just want to pick my brain off of all that I have. Huh? That, yeah, that would take a while. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but yeah, it's been really um, fun. So we talked to, I want to finish with one final question that I love to ask my guests because we talked about not necessarily lowering our expectations too much, but setting realistic expectations that the perfect person isn't out there because we're all imperfect. So we want to find that perfectly imperfect person, which is such a nice little phrase. And I'm wondering what you wish everyone knew about this strange and mysterious concept that we call love. Um, what I want everyone to know about love is that it, it really is out there and it's very, very possible for everyone to find. All you have mm. to do is get up and try. That's really it. And have fun mm. with it. I think that's it. It's as simple as that. I think it's, it's really believing and it's, and I hope even listening mm -hmm. to this podcast and all of other, the other podcast episodes that Zach has is that. I hope you continue to regain hope. I, I truly, mm. truly think love is there. That person that you're thinking about is there. That great relationship that you hope to cultivate is there. You just got to put it in your mind and that you want it and you can go get it and, you know, have fun with it. It shouldn't be so miserable and hard. Mm. Love is out there. All we have to do is get up, look up. And we can have fun the entire time as well. Mm. Thank you so much. Tell our listeners, for those wanting to work more with you, how do they find you? Uh, you can find me at goodgentleman.com. Uh, singular. I always say that when I say that because it's not the plural version of good gentleman. Uh, but uh, I also give a free uh, ebook on the five steps to get quality dates. So that's for you guys too. If you go to goodgentleman.com slash ebook, you'll find me around there. Wonderful. Thank you again, Ruby, for coming onto the show, for sharing your insight and wisdom. It was so nice to hear. And thank you, listeners, for listening. We hope that you realize love is out there, even if it may feel like it's lacking in your life. Love is out there. It's waiting for you. All you have to do is get up and put yourself out there, and you can have fun in the process. So thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. You can learn more about me at zachbeach.com and more about the show at theheartcenter.com. Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening to the Learn to Love podcast. To learn more about the show and your host, head over to zachbeach.com or theheartcenter.com. You can also follow Zach on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.